The Alabama Crops Report podcast, your trusted information source for Alabama agriculture. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Alabama Crops Report podcast. I am one of your hosts, Caitlin Kassheimer, extension entomologist. And I'm your other host, Adam Rabinowitz, extension economist. I'm excited to be here with you, Adam. It's been a while since we've been in the studio together. It's great being here with you as well, Caitlin. has been a while. Yeah, but here we are at the end of August, beginning of September, which means crops are being harvested. And so our guest today is going to talk a lot about a bunch of different crops. And I'm excited to have Henry Jordan, who is our variety testing manager for Auburn. Welcome, Henry. Thank you for having me. So as a new and exciting guest, we like to ask everyone a fun fact about our guests so the listeners can get to know everyone. So go ahead and tell us a fun fact about you. Let's see. Uh, my family and I moved to Alabama in February 2020 when I took this position. And since then, we've been exploring the state with a camper, going around and checking out the different state parks and campgrounds. Well, February 2020 is a great time to start going outside. You've been here during some weird times, huh? Yeah, I got a, I got a month of normalcy before COVID hit. And so I moved right in the middle of it in, in July of 2020. That's right. I can say it, it is crazy to be moving during COVID. Yeah, I can only imagine. But one thing that hasn't stopped um, is agriculture. And Henry, you're here today to talk about an overview of the variety testing program we have here at Auburn. So to get started, can you just talk about what the variety testing program does and the purpose of it? So at the variety testing program, we evaluate all the major row crops, and we do that most of the time at multiple locations throughout the state. We'll test experimental varieties and commercial varieties side by side. And when we do that, we'll report the data as a third-party, unbiased, research-based program to all the stakeholders so they can look at the data and determine what varieties are best suited for their area of the state. So that's a great purpose, Henry, and, and I've seen a lot of the data from the variety testings, um, but it, you know we've got a very diverse agriculture here in Alabama. What crops are actually covered by this program? Like I said, it's a little bit of everything. I, uh, over 10 crops total, so I've got cotton, corn, soybean, peanuts, grain sorghum, those are the summer crops. For the winter crops, I've got wheat, triticale, oats. We're doing barley for malting purposes, ryegrass, and small grain forages. And we do the small grain forages in collaboration with the University of Georgia. So that sounds like a full-time year-round job, because right now, as, as crops are winding down, you're thinking about putting more crops in the ground for these winter crops. That's correct. We've got corn coming out of the field right now, and at the same time, I've got ryegrass and small grain seed showing up at the lab that we're packing and getting ready to get planted here in the next month or so. That's really keeping you busy. It is. I think last count I had, I had a total of 92 trials planned for the year of 2022. So... 92 trials for next year. There must be something important about these data that you're putting out. What's kind of what's the why are variety trials so important for our stakeholders in the state? First thing we want are growers to be successful. And for growers to be successful, the first step is variety selection. They need to pick variety for their area of the state. And within the state of Alabama, there's several different growing areas and regions. So we test in all of those. The first thing the growers probably going to want to look at is yield potential. So in our trials, we try to treat everything the same. We try to, the only difference we want to see between varieties is genetic performance. 
So when we're looking at that yield, we don't, we don't treat one variety different than the other. They're all treated the same. We look at uh, disease resistance. A grower might look at herbicide tolerance, whether it's dicamba tolerant, Roundup tolerant. Uh, they'll want to look at uh, insect resistance. They'll want to look at all these factors when they're selecting a variety. And I think you hit on something earlier that I, I want to reiterate is that, you know, as as Extension and as a land grant university, these these data are going to be an unbiased research based set of information that growers can can pull from. That's correct. I'm not saying that anyone would tell a story, but when it's when the salesman is trying to sell you something, you kind of have to take it at face value. But we're not trying to sell a product. We're just providing the information for the growers to make their decisions. So. With that, they I think they can put a little bit more faith in what we're what we're showing them. Absolutely, and that's that's a lot of important information there too. When you talk about disease resistance and herbicide tolerance and the yield potential, I mean there are a lot of different variables there that growers can look at and understand what their options are. Um, while they can they know they can rely on that information. So, where can these results actually be found? Well, we have them all up on the. Auburn University Variety Testing website. The web address is aaes.auburn.edu slash variety dash test with an S on it. Um, if you'll Google that, you should be able to find all our current results and the historical records back to the creation of the program. When was that creation? From the best I can tell, the early 1970s. That is that is a lot of data if we're talking about, you said, 92 trials for 2022 and yep. variety tests all the way back to the 70s. All the way back to the 70s. I can see the wheels turning in your brain, Adam. As a data nerd, you probably want to go get looking on that website. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm loving it. This sounds like a great research project. And we'll have that website and information linked to the variety trial in our Alabama Crops Report newsletter. Was there another way that people can receive notifications, say, as you're harvesting a crop and get those data out right away? Yes, they can. If they'll go to the web, the variety testing website, there's a link that says click to subscribe. If they'll subscribe for notifications, they can customize the way they want to receive the notifications. They can pick their crop of choice. And then they have, I think, four selections, whether they want preliminary data, final data, event notifications, and so on. Well, that's fantastic. So they're not going to get spammed with you know, grain sorghum if they just want corn and cotton. Correct. And I know sometimes data takes a while to get access to, though, but when are these data available? As soon as I get the data, I pretty much drop whatever I'm doing to focus on doing the data analysis. So from the time of harvest to the time the data is made available, I would say on average we're probably a week to two weeks. What he's saying is he's making the rest of us look bad. That's exactly what <laughs> I'm hearing. Because as soon as stuff gets harvested, those data are available, and I'm still sitting on data sheets from earlier this summer. So thank you for that, Henry. <laughs> So this is your second year. You've been here since February of 2020. What new things are with the program that you can talk about today? I guess the first thing would be, obviously, we just talked about the data delivery. We're getting data out a lot faster than we have in the past. Some of the new things we've done, uh, we added two new peanut trial locations for this year. In the past, we only had a peanut variety trial at the Wiregrass Station in Headland, Alabama. This year, we have... Uh, additional trial in the Gulf Coast Station in Fairhope, Alabama, 
And we have another trial at the E.V. Smith Plant Breeding Unit, which is located in Tallahassee, Alabama. We've added a grain sorghum trial at the Wiregrass location. This is the first year the program has tested uh, grain sorghum in, I want to say, at least 10, maybe 20 years. We haven't done a grain sorghum trial in a while. We're doing forage quality analysis on ryegrass. So instead of just looking at yield data, we're looking at forage quality data as well. That'd be crude protein, total digestible nutrients, relative forage quality. We just started last year, we did a barley variety trial, which was done in collaboration with Hudson Alpha Institute for Biotechnology. And we're looking at uh, bringing malting barleys to the state of Alabama for the growing brewing industry. I've collaborated several times with other researchers, such as yourself, Caitlin, on getting insect data from some of the OVTs. And then we have a new variety selection platform that we're starting to release data on. So you mentioned insect data. I have to ask, Caitlin, how are those fall armyworms? You know, uh, we're, we're in it to the very end this year. Um, anyone who deals with grasses this time of year has probably seen them or has treated for them or gotten a phone call about them. We are in a historic fall armyworm outbreak. Um, if y'all are familiar with Ron Smith, our um, emeritus extension entomologist, he says we haven't seen anything like this since the late 70s. So it's, it's pretty epic. But fortunately, none of the trials that I've been working on Henry with have been affected by armyworm. It's, it's a lot of pastures, hay fields, turf, home lawns, some uh, soybeans. But for the most part, row crops have been spared. Um, but if you have Bermuda grass in your backyard or you enjoy a golf game on the weekends, you may see some brown patches. The good news is it's going to grow out of it. It's not going to kill the grass. It's just going to defoliate it. But from an entomological standpoint, it's super interesting to be a part of this year where we have so many worms. Um, but that's me nerding out on insects. But back to the task at hand, Henry, you mentioned a platform for these data. Can you talk about that? Yes, we, uh, we started off this year with uh, partnering with Medius Ag, and we're crea we've created a variety selection platform where it houses all of the OVT data, plus we're adding in the on-farm data done by the regional extension agents. So well, first off, all that information is in one location, whereas before you kind of had to hunt around to find either or. The second thing about it is it's gonna have already two to three years worth of data in there. You'll be able to go in, customize the way you want to do your averages, whether it's by region, by location, by years. You can look at data all kind of different ways. It's going to give you a lot more power with the data and hopefully allow stakeholders to make better variety selection decisions. I think you said something about this recently when we were talking about the program is that it can make it as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. That's correct. I think a lot of these tools and, and options within this program allow for that depending on your level of comfort with technology or the computer. That's right. And if someone is still old school and doesn't want to try to move to this new platform, somebody that's scared of change, we're still going to offer the data in the same PDF format as before. So they'll still have that option, but if they want to go in depth and look at it in more detail, they'll be able to do so. 
have a feeling Adam's going to be on that website soon. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, when I listen to you talk about this, Henry, the first thing that comes to mind, and I've said it on this podcast before, is, you know, about risk management strategies. And, you know, th- this is one of those tools that can really help producers think about how to handle some of that production risk and, you know, where they think about where they need to focus most on within that production area and really dissect the data in a way that can give them the information they need. So one one neat thing about it is instead of just looking at one location table like we've done in the past, you'll be able to look at across time and locations like we talked about, but you'll be able to look at different variables at once. So you'll have yield, and let's just say cotton, for example, you'll take your yield and all your quality factors, whether it's staple, micronair, however you want to look at them, you can look at them all simultaneously and it will rank the varieties based on however you want to weight those criteria. So you can make yield count more, or you can make your quality factors count more or less, and then it will rearrange the order of entries based on your selections. And it sounds pretty complicated, but I've, you know, you've shown me this program and all those factors you talked about can be color coded. So it's a, as a visual person, it's really easy to see. Okay, so this, you know, this green box is is going to be great for what I want, whereas this red might not be the best selection for me. Yes, it's it's color coded and it's got a heat map, so it shows. I, I believe the way it's colored is green is going to be the highest yielding or the the best one. Red will be the worst. And then it'll be a varying degree of color in between, depending on how high or low it goes. And for our listeners that may think this might be a little bit too much data overload, this can be really narrowed down, though, to to just a couple of factors in a very simple format. Exactly. And I know y'all did a training with our regional extension agents, too. So if if producers have questions and want some one-on-one help, they can call your local REA and have them kind of walk you through the process and really pick those areas, you have that option to select, say you're down in the wiregrass and you want just selections for that area. Yes, it, it has a map feature, so it shows the locations on a map. You can filter out the locations that you're interested in just by clicking on the pins on the map. So, like I said, you can you can make your averages however you want to look at them, whatever locations you want to include or exclude. So this is this is a really impressive program, and and you know the, all the variety testing is really important for our state's agriculture. Is there anything you want to just give our listeners or growers, uh, you know, as some advice or information? I'll kind of give them the advice that I've heard Steve Brown give several times: is when you're making a variety selection, don't just look at yield; look at your other factors. You have to take into consideration, especially with the row crops nowadays what kind of herbicide tolerance are you getting when you're buying stuff. So if you want to stick with one's kind of technology, you'll be able to look at the varieties, figure out which ones fit that criteria. The other thing he always preaches is diversify. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. So if you're farming multiple fields and multiple acres, you probably don't want to plant everything in the same variety. You may want to try variety A in a couple of fields, variety B in a couple of fields, and then try something new in some other fields if you have enough room to split it up. Yeah, that's great advice because there are a lot of unpredictable factors. You know, we talked about armyworms and how we're just in this crazy outbreak year, and we never know with extreme weather events, disease outbreaks, insect outbreaks. But, you know, one of the things we can do as part of a good IPM strategy is reduce that risk and start the season off with good varietal selection. It sounds like these tools are going to be great for our growers. So, Henry, thanks for joining us today on the Alabama Crops Report podcast, and we look forward to 
seeing all your data as it's rolled out immediately post-harvest this year. Well, as we speak, if they want to check it out, they can look on the new platform. I currently have 2021 data for corn at Bruton and Gulf Coast already uploaded. And that website one last time again? It is aaes.auburn.edu slash variety dash test. Fantastic. Well, Adam, it's been fun. Hope to do it again soon. And Henry, thanks for joining us. And we'll catch you next time on an episode of the Alabama Crops Report podcast. And as always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to any of us here in Extension. The Alabama Crops Report podcast is a production of the Alabama Cooperative Extension System and is sponsored by Alabama Ag Credit.